I'm Dan Kendall, and you're listening to Digital Health Today, Asia Pacific Edition. Did you know that this is just one of the many shows that we create? In fact, from original podcasts like this one, to patient and professional educational content, to digital marketing, and even podcast advertising, we do a lot more than simply host conversations. We're mission-based media. Visit our website to learn more at missionbasedmedia.com. What are the opportunities out there for people to live in good health, to be independent and to be dignified? And this goes across technologies, housing models, service innovations. So to me, this translation of different generations' expectations of aging represented this growing social and economic need for change. Well, my definition of aging, it's more like a journey in which as we travel through this journey, our needs for change and it requires enablement rather than just pure delivery of service. So my definition of aging is a process that as we get older, we need more opportunities for independent living. In the healthcare ecosystem, the parties like patients, health providers and founders often government and private insurance, their interests are often not aligned. So this results in a lack of help for patients to find the treatment in need, or founders could not intervene early enough to alleviate the situation and hence keep the cost under control. So the integration with services will enable the insurer to help patients to achieve better health outcome in a way to achieve the cost containment in terms of rising healthcare costs and aging population. On average across Southeast Asia, you know, patients will actually visit a pharmacy almost 12 times a year. But when they visit a physician, it's almost 1.2 times a year, right? So when you look at this, this becomes an incredible touch point in terms of patient population. Those quotes were from three of my guests, Janice Chia from Aging Asia, Xing Sun from Axinex Business Innovation Center, and Farooq Morali, CEO of M-Clinica, during Season 1 of Digital Health Today, Asia-Pacific Edition. I'm your host, Tony Estrella. Today, we're doing a special episode of this series where we're learning about the transformation of healthcare in a region with over 4.5 billion people across more than 40 countries. As we bring Season 1 to a close, I wanted to both share highlights from this season and explain how all the informative conversations we've had, including aging, the unique dynamics of independent pharmacies within Southeast Asia, and building a successful unicorn in China come together. This season creates the backdrop of digital health in this region for upcoming seasons two and three. And to discuss this with me, I'd like to welcome a special guest, none other than Dan Kendall, the founder of Digital Health Today. I'm grateful to Dan for inviting me to join this growing family of people to bring insights and information to our audience. Welcome, Dan. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Tony. The gratitude is on my behalf for you hosting these conversations. So congratulations on a great first season. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I was uh, very happy to see the level of excitement from across my contacts and network in Asia Pacific that when they found out that this podcast was happening, it's just been an amazing level of gratification to know that people are so excited to do what entrepreneurs do, which is share. And it's not entrepreneurs, it's startups, it's people who have an entrepreneurial mindset, regardless of the organization they're in. So, you know, as you listen to this season, what were some of your insights or your views as to how this fit within the growth of the Digital Health Today brand and network? 
Yeah, thanks, Tony. I think there were three key things that really stood out for me when I listened to each of the episodes and sort of looked back on them as a season. I'll just go through them quickly and we can double tap on some of them in the course of this conversation. But I think the first thing was that our hypothesis was correct. You know, you and I spoke about this at the start of the pandemic and we thought, you know, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from what's happening in Asia Pacific, both for the benefit of people who live and work in Asia Pacific, as well as for the rest of the world. There's 4.5 billion people there, two thirds or so of the world's population are in this region. And there's just a tremendous amount of ingenuity, innovation, best practices being developed there that can be spread even further and deeper within that region, but also used throughout the rest of the world. So I really am grateful for you and your guests for coming on and sharing some of the insights and lessons that are being learned there. And I think the next two things were really around the similarities in terms of the motivations and and some of the ways that people are approaching problems. We can talk about some of those similarities between the different guests and different topics that you covered. But also, I was also struck by the differences. There's some pretty stark differences that just makes the similarities even more powerful because the scale is just huge. The diversity is huge. And being able to take those similarities, learn from those differences and apply that on a grander scale is uh, something I think is really important for the advancement of health globally. Well, thanks, Dan. I'm glad that you took that away. Uh, This is a different episode structure than the others because what we're doing here is we're not going to recap the entire season one, go point by point. Rather, I wanted to just have a conversation with you. Uh, You've done over 100 plus episodes for Digital Health Today, and you've spoken to guests from across the spectrum of stakeholders in health. And I think that to get your reaction to this for our audience and and create the starting point of a conversation, which we can carry through with, it will be really helpful for them. And I wanted to start first with the mindset of families and individuals in this region. You know, one of our guests, Shuchin Bajaj from India, when we talked about India, he spoke about how as one country, it's so diverse, you know, from rural to urban, the types of geographic differences. And you could say that about Asia Pacific overall. I started the season with an overview of how to break the region up into six segments of groupings of countries based off of cultural history and diversity, but that's not enough. There's just so much diversity here. And when I think about the implications of that diversity, it means that we have to be highly targeted in the way that we make assumptions, and we have to really listen to the individual's needs before we can make assumptions on solutions. And some of these challenges are enormous. And so what what were your thoughts when you heard about the diversity uh, for the region? This is a part of the world that I have not been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time there. And that's why with your expertise and understanding the fact that you live there in Singapore, I knew that you'd be a great person to lead these conversations. So I really listened to these podcasts, not just as a producer, as a colleague, or as a person in the health ecosystem, but really as a person who wanted to learn, who was curious. And I was thinking of questions that you were asking your guests before you asked them, and then I was relieved to hear their answers. So I think that diversity question is, it was one of the biggest things that I took away from the differences within countries, and also, as you say, within the differences across the entire population. Yeah, good, thank you for that. You know, we tried to hit on different countries in this first season, China, Indonesia, Singapore, India, but we certainly couldn't hit every country. So when we talk a little bit later about season two, I'll give you a bit of a preview and for our audience as well as to how, what to expect in terms of geography and and diversity and how we're going to cover that in season two. One thing that also occurred to me when I was listening to one of your recent guests, I can't recall which one it was, but one of your more recent guests talked about the importance of going upstream. 
And I thought that was another really important thing because going upstream is different for healthcare. We normally don't do that. We treat people when they present a set of problems, but also to talk about it in terms of the context of the health community and the population and the design and innovation and entrepreneurial thought that needs to go into going further up the stream to understand people where they are and where they're making decisions and help them with the education, the access, the resources, the knowledge, the tools to be able to take better care of themselves so that the downstream problems are affected. It's significant when you're talking about a population of 60 million or 80 million, whether you're in the UK or Germany or 330 million, whether you're in the US. But when you talk about it on a scale, like you just mentioned in India and China, you've got a billion people. When you can go upstream and really help people take better care of themselves and avoid or change the course of when they're presenting further downstream in the healthcare system, it is a massive impact. Yeah. And that guest that uh, said that was Stanley Lee from uh, DXY. And I think that's a great example from a point you hit on it when we started this conversation, which is learnings that can be from one part of Asia that can be taken to other parts of Asia Pacific. That learning of being able to build a business over 20 years, start with the foundational component, and Stanley's case was focusing on provider education. That then led to a whole set of other challenges that he could take on and build not just a physician-oriented business, but consumer and moving upstream. So for those of you who haven't heard that episode, it's a fantastic conversation. Yeah, you gave a great example of trying to think like a pregnant woman with a high school education and trying to you know, have his team and his organization sort of put themselves in that spot to think about what that person will be interfacing with. Not what the greatest minds of the day are thinking, but really what that individual who's looking for some solutions is thinking about and what their course is, what their path is, what they're clicking on, what's going to grab their attention. It was a really great conversation. Yeah. And you know that focus on the individual really then led to natural push into conversations around what are the new delivery systems? What is happening across the region where providers and clinicians are interacting with individuals to help their health challenges? And we talked about Stanley with DXY. First episode we had was with We Doctor and Jeff Chen, which is another enormous business in China tackling the, an approach for how to create a new delivery system. Commonality across both is digital and data. In India, we spoke with Shuchin Bajaj, I mentioned earlier, and building new hospitals from the ground up to help with the rural population who have never had access to healthcare. And then the one that I find to be most fascinating in terms of how you can completely reinvent models is what M Clinica is doing and with nearly 200,000 pharmacies and being able to, across the archipelago of, of Indonesia, to use the pharmacy as a way to create interventions and education for individuals. So what were your thoughts as you heard about those new delivery systems? I, I thought it was really amazing to think about how the care is being transformed outside of the hospital because people don't have access to these hospitals. So when you think about the way that people do conduct their lives, the things that do exist in the communities, to be able to use the tools that we have today to magnify the success and the processes, improve the processes of the existing individuals or businesses or, or systems that exist out in communities, it was really impactful. So some of the conversations around like the use of pharmacies, how to use technologies to make these 
independent pharmacies more successful and being a better resource for the individuals that are walking through their doors. When you take a look at the larger companies, the, the multinationals that have a presence all around the world and then need to figure out how to get care or a product or a, a antibiotic or treatment to a specific individual that might not have access to a hospital within a few hours drive, it's really important to understand that journey and then really inspiring to see the solutions that are being put into practice by a lot of the, the guests and the, the companies that your guests are running. And you know, in doing this first season, one of the objectives for me was to create the backdrop of what is the setting, you know, multiple settings of how healthcare is happening in this region right now. So we touched on topics like where is universal health coverage happening, where is population happening, and, and where it started in, in the case of what Farhana Nakuda did in, in her work at IBM. And we also covered some broad challenges like aging. You know, we have in Japan countries that have the highest number of centenarians, and Janice Cha shared some amazing insights into why she's doing the work that she does from a B2B perspective as well as B2C and uh, the impact of having a mobile first community across Asia Pacific, which leads into one of the other major trends that we covered in season one, which is the new digital ecosystem. And I'm not only talking about health in when I say digital ecosystem, because in Asia Pacific, you have things that are like super apps where whether we're talking about WeChat in China or Grab in Gojek in Southeast Asia, these are technology companies which have become essential to reinventing the way that health comes together within a broader ecosystem. And with that conversation, we also touched on what does value-based healthcare look like long-term and how telemedicine is the front door. And that was thanks to Snehal at MyDoc. And to me, one of the most impactful changes and, and one of the areas that creates the most excitement is hearing from business leaders at large MNCs who have scale, have reach, have product offerings, but are looking to reinvent themselves and their industries through connecting with ecosystems and in some cases even building ecosystems that require innovative companies like startups and other organizations to build better health. And when I think about that, that to me is what's most unique about the examples of Asia. While the business models may not be there, the desire to go and create these large scale changes is happening as we speak. It's not an aspiration. What was also really interesting as I look back on the first season here is that you created this during a global pandemic. So a lot of the change was happening like in real time. I was also really impressed with the story that was uh, expressed by one of your recent guests, Suchin Bajaj, when he talked about the use of telemedicine in India. As Lenin famously said once, there are decades when nothing happens and then there are days in which decades happen. So I think last March in India was one of those few days when decades worth of things suddenly changed. So March 2020, the lockdown suddenly happened. India went in for a very hard lockdown at two days notice. And uh, suddenly the OPDs that we were running to the tune of thousands of people daily in our hospitals suddenly shut down completely. Uh, there was not even one patient coming in. Elective surgeries suddenly completely stopped. And within a matter of month, we were doing about 35,000 consults across digital health every month. 
when we started out in march telemedicine was completely illegal in india there was no way you could teleconsult and give a prescription so the first telemedicine guidelines were brought out by the government on march 25th 2020 so before that everything was completely illegal in fact but the government also responded very quickly considering the pandemic was there and now everything is well established and there are clear cut guidelines and rules so when you see the pace of change happening not just over the course of 10 or 20 years which you know sort of spans the amount of time that you and I have each spent in this industry but you look in a very confined period of time and you see the pace of change it's really inspiring to see how things can continue from here yeah i agree and so with this change of where regulatory literally flipped the world for india on its head we now've seen massive growth in adoption of telemedicine as one example And I think that's a great lead in towards what can we expect in season 2 and where am I going with this series that we've now started. I think the first thing that our guests should know is that there's plans for season 2, there's plans for season 3. Those have all been in the idea phase and uh now that we have season 1 as a grounding to be able to describe the broader region, season 2 for me is really about where are the big challenges? Where are the things that we want to dig in further to understand problems? because in the mindset of when you're building as an entrepreneur or when you're taking the innovation lens for a multinational corporation for products you always want to start with being problem led and that's what i want to do with this season and is figure out and share some of the bigger challenges and one of those clearly starts with disease burdens and some of the larger areas where we know that with nearly 2/3 of the world's population as you said there's massive growth of diabetes massive growth of obesity but how does that get expressed where is the real cost going to hit healthcare one of those is already cancer for example in singapore cancer is the leading cause of death and we see massive challenges for insurance companies in their current model where that's their largest source of claims for life insurance companies like we saw with axa mental health is another area where you mentioned covid we are going to see a long tail of challenges across families and and age groups but it's especially hard in asia pacific because it is a topic that is not necessarily easily discussed and dementia is another area where janice chow brought that up briefly and we're going to have a much longer conversation around that and so those are examples of disease burdens that we'll cover in season 2 i want to double tap on the mental health one because you you said something there i find interesting you said well you know in asia it's not very easily discussed so it's a problem that that sort of festers and maybe there's some stigma around it i haven't found a part of the world yet where people say we're really glad to talk about mental health there's no stigma associated with it so uh but what i think is interesting is that there are local customs and uh cultural norms that will sort of establish what's acceptable to talk about and not not just how they approach seeking help but how do they get help I mean, we're talking about hospitals that are being remote how many professionals are trained and accessible to people who are dealing with some of the challenges that they're dealing with in their local communities and in their families and with themselves so you know i i love talking about mental health i think it's a great opportunity for digital health tools to be deployed to support people 
And it's very connected to physical health. We can't ignore it. And I think that it's part of all of our jobs that work in healthcare to really acknowledge the mental health aspects of everything that people are dealing with on a physical basis. Sometimes it's the root cause of some of the physical ailments. And, and certainly it can be connected when you do receive a diagnosis around diabetes or cancer. There's a massive mental health impact. And it's not just the absence of mental illness. It's actually keeping people healthy mentally can have an impact throughout their lives. Well, you'll be happy to know, and you've teased it for our audience, that actually the first episode for season two will be on mental health. I sat down with an entrepreneur named Nawal Roy and his business, Whole Musk, who has done quite a lot in the last five years to build up a business that's focused on real-world evidence. So that's a tease for season two, and we will have other conversations on mental health. The other two broad areas that we'll dive into in season two is what are the inequalities that create inefficiencies? And those are broad themes. And I, I think that as we really dig into that, a different way of saying that is what's so broken that we're not exactly sure how we're going to fix it. And there's some fascinating challenges that uh, entrepreneurs and MNCs are undertaking and, and academics are researching to try to make sure that we try to break those down and figure out how do we create better equality, better health outcomes for larger population groups. And this cuts across territorial lines. So I'm not talking about a particular country necessarily. And I'm excited to explain what that means more in season two and uh, more to come for our audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, Tony. Uh, like I said, I don't just listen as a producer. I listen as a person who wants to learn. And you know, there are so many things throughout every one of the episodes you've done so far where it's shifted my thinking. I never thought about some of the challenges in running pharmacies in the Asia Pacific region until I listened to the conversation around it. I never thought about some of the similarities and some of the challenges and the opportunities around the aging communities in different parts of the world until I listened to your episode. So I think that there's just so much. I really want to thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank all of your guests. Thank all the listeners and encourage people to subscribe and share and get in touch if you want to be a guest, if there's a topic you want to hear us cover in, in some of these episodes, if you want to be a sponsor of the program, because we are really reaching a lot of people to share these stories. You know, we're happy to grow this community and really appreciate everything that you're doing to lead the charge on it. Thanks so much, Dan. My pleasure to be part of the Digital Health Today family. Thank you, Tony. And that's a wrap on this episode. I appreciate Dan Kendall being here, and we will be speaking again soon, both on this platform and on Clubhouse, where we host weekly conversations with our guests. Dan's already covered how you, our audience, can support us, including sharing and subscribing. Season two will be here in a few weeks time, so we won't take too long of a break. Before I go, I'd like to leave you with one more quote. This one from Stanley Lee, CEO and founder of DXY in China, about the importance of looking at problems through the lens of our customers to build sustainable change and improvements through digital health. We should not use our own mentality or our mindset to replace users' mindset. Even, you know, sometimes it's pretty frustrating because we know we are smarter than them, but you cannot replace them. You have to think in their own way. You have to fake yourself as the user, not yourself. You have to pretend to be a pregnant mother, which just uh, have a uh, high school education and uh, figure out what her mindset would be. To listen to any of these episodes in full, please visit the Digital Health Today website or search for us on your favorite podcast player. And once more, I'd like to thank my season one guests. And last, to learn about my other work, including my fiction writing on the science of the mind, 
please visit my website at www.toniestrella.com. This show was researched and written by Taliosa and produced along with Mission Based Media. The sound and music was by Ivan Yurich. And until next time and next season, I'm Tony Estrella and thank you for listening. Hey, Dan Kendall here. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Health Today, Asia Pacific Edition. This episode may be over, but there's plenty more where this came from. Just visit our website to find other great shows featuring digital health leaders and innovators. Find us at digitalhealthtoday.com. That's digitalhealthtoday.com.